This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But Washington's just kind of lurking in the distance, and defense wins game. Cheryl swoops, as you know. <laughs> no, defense wins championships. Thank you. Gavel drop. That part. <laughs> All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast produced in partnership with the WNBA. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. And court. Is in session. session. Oh, we got the timing <laughs> down there. That was good. I love okay. it. It is. I'm so excited because I'm excited every time, but we got a lot to get through because I feel like you're, you think a week, whoa, what can happen in a week? So much happens in the week, especially because we are recording this on Sunday May 7th, and we are 12 days, if my math is right, 12 days away from the season opener, and a lot is happening. This is when all the news is coming out, and first topic that we're going to hit today is the rule changes, because Mm. there was some news. There was some news. I want to hear your thoughts, Cheryl. The first one is the coach's challenge rule which was, you know, recently adapted by the NBA, now the WNBA. This will allow a team one challenge per game, including overtime, regardless of whether the challenge is successful. Do you like coaches' challenges? How do you feel? I love coaches' challenges. Me too. But I think I think there are some things that need to be adjusted with it. First of all, one coaches' challenge per game including overtime. Am I correct? Yes. That I don't like. Me neither. I think think they should have one per half and an an additional one in overtime. And if you are successful with that challenge, you get to keep your challenge. Yes. That makes sense. If you are successful, you should be rewarded with the, the, be able to use it. Cause if you use your challenge in the first half, cause you could get strategic with it. If you use your challenge in the first half and then you were successful, then you get to have it in those final, you know, five minutes of a close game and you are rewarded because of that. I am a hundred percent with you. That drives me crazy. Like even, (laughs) even in the NBA, I'm just like, okay, the coach is using his challenge. And even with the coaches, because so far all we have to go by is the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they're even trying to be strategic in when they use it. But to your point, if they knew 100%, like I am going to win this challenge, 
I think they would challenge sooner or maybe more often. So maybe that's why they don't do it. I don't know. But knowing if I, I'm 100% sure I'm going to win this. So I'm going to challenge because I'm not going to lose my challenge. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've, I feel I am passionate about that one. Like, I let them am- keep it with you and the only negative to having a coach's challenge because you know i love it but we're gonna get a lot of finger waves we're gonna get a lot of finger waves this i don't like (laughs) anytime you get a foul review review you got the finger waves oh that's a negative for me oh here's the thing here's the funny thing so this finger wave right uh-huh. I, I, I'm interpreting this. This finger wave or twirl means, oh, I'm not really sure about this one. The slow, this, the slow okay, this <laughs> the is, goes. oh yeah. It's like timeout challenge because I'm right. Yeah, it's like mm, this oh, versus man. this. Oh yeah. The faster yeah, yeah, yeah. the finger twirls, the more sure the player yeah. is that you should. And it's always the coach looking at the assistant coach, like, oh, the twirl is it's really fast. Should we <laughs> use our talent? So that's not the part of the game that I'm excited for with this coach's challenge. But nonetheless, I think there are there have been some questionable calls at some very prime time. No doubt. Of course. No doubt. Because as we're realizing, refs make mistakes. They are humans too. So having the coach's challenge is a great little backup. So I'm all for this. I love it. I'm for it. Here's the part that I don't like. Okay. Like the refs, they need to have a time limit. Like go check it out. Look at it. We Let's not be over there for 10 minutes. Because the thing it does, especially if you're the team that has momentum on your side, and that challenge comes, slows the game down. Like uh-huh. it could, it could shift the the momentum. Definitely, I don't know. I don't know. It definitely does. I agree with that. And another, and another rule that is implemented is the bench conduct policy, which was not received well on the Twitter world. This rule was implemented to quote reduce disruptions and distractions during live play. To break that down, basically all the antics happening on the bench, if you are out of the game, maybe there's somebody shooting a three right in front of your bench in the corner and you yell at them or you, you know, do the three-point sign and disrupt them. They're saying no, no to all of that. And uh, Natasha Cloud already tweeted, please someone start my GoFundMe because I already know (laughs) I'm going to have some fines (laughs) because that's what she does. That's like a part of it. And for Dee Dee Richards, she said the same thing in the sense of, I want to be able to make an impact on the game, whether I'm on the court or not. And that's kind of what those antics on the bench do, because when you're in the game and you see your team hyping you up on the sidelines, that can help you keep that momentum or, or keep you fired up. So your thoughts, Cheryl. T cloud. I got you with the GoFundMe. <laughs> um, we'll donate. <laughs> can we like move on to the next one? Oh, no, sir. That's how I feel about this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's part of sports. That's it part is. of competition. That's part of players saying, we're trying to win the game. Like, here's my thing. If me standing up 
Or, okay, maybe you can't stand up, but if me just sitting on the bench, yelling at a player, going to the free throw line, right? Miss it, ball, whatever, whatever. If that's going to cause her to miss a free throw, she probably had a very good free throw shooter anyway. Mm-hmm. But to think that you're trying to control the emotions that players have, and especially in the heat of the moment. Like to me, besides what's going on on the floor, I love checking the bench to see what's going on on the bench. Are you, are you into the game? Are you being a good teammate? Are you cheering? Are there's there girl. So much. There's so many other things that need rules. And the bench is not one of them. But I'm also curious, how strict are they going to be? Because this was another rule implemented into the NBA season. And I don't feel like they've been super, super strict. But just like putting it out there, saying they're going to monitor it more, I think just puts a little fear in people's eyes when they're celebrating on the bench. No, because here's what happens. Here's what happens. The, The season will start. And in the beginning they're really going to be on top of it. Yeah. Right. Oh, let's, let's, let's tone it down. Let's make sure the bench isn't doing too much. And here's the bad thing. My opinion, because uh-huh. it's Queens of the court. So this is my opinion, <laughs> right? Certain players will be able to get away with more than other players. And to me, if you're going to put that rule in, that rule has to apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So if this is the new rule and if you're going to monitor it and make sure everybody's following, you got to be consistent. I don't care if it's a 10 year vet or a rookie. Do you know what? Like you got to be consistent with it and you have to be fair about it. You got to be fair. I'll be very curious to see how long this one lasts. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep our eye on it because it's not a favorite by you. (laughs) Or anyone or any of the players, because I I agree. It's a part of the competition. But my favorite rule change, stupid, coming up next. (laughs) I had to say that stupid. Okay. Not that one. But the next one I'm about to say, the transition take foul. They are getting rid of that one. The offensive team, if this happens, the offensive team, will be awarded one free throw, which may be attempted by any player on the floor at the time the foul is committed. The offensive team will retain possession of the ball and the defensive player who commits the foul will be assessed a common personal foul. I hate, I don't hate a lot of things, Cheryl, but I hate a take foul. It 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 makes no sense to me, especially when starters or superstars take them and then they're like, oh, wait, I'm in foul trouble. Why did you just get back on defense? Get back. This is it's out of laziness. You are. Why are you taking a take foul? So this is my favorite thing ever that you will get penalized if you take a transition take foul. But Cheryl, what me and you were talking about before, what is the difference between a take foul and a clear path foul. Nobody I know. We're putting that out there, right? Because yeah. here's my thing. And just watching the NBA last night and before, I'm sitting here trying to figure out the difference. Like, 
what's the difference? Help me understand the difference between a take cow and a clear path. Yeah. I guess the, like, by the book, you know, clear path means no one is back. So you're you're taking it because or, no one or is like back. In, in front of in you, front right? yes yeah. in front yeah, yeah, of yeah. the basket yeah. but for a take foul sometimes there's two okay. players back but okay. you just don't want to get back and you just foul like that's what i see it as it's like oh that's my player let me just grab him like it's pickup that's what you do in pickup you know, when you're tired yeah, but you know the bad but you know and you know the bad thing about that is like how how do you how do you decide if it's a take foul or not? Because so, sometimes, and just as a player, like sometimes if you, you know, you're going to the whole shoot a layup, you go up, you lay it up and you're like, oh, damn, I missed it. And you're trying to get back, but because you're upset or frustrated, you missed the layup, the defensive team gets the ball and you just like, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. don't foul, but you just kind of slap at the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes they're like, oh, that's a take foul. Well, to me, I'm like, no, that's just a, that's just a foul. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's too it's much. It's very new. I think this is the first they're trying to, you know, not stop the flow of the game um, by. Well, this analyzing. is stop the flow. <laughs> yeah. The finger wave, <laughs> the finger wave and the coach's challenge. But I, I am I'm over here sweating because I get so worked up over this take foul, but I'm so happy with this new rule change. And our producer is saying we gotta wrap it up. She's giving us the, okay, the twirl. She's doing the, the fast she's giving, twirl. <laughs> she's giving the, the fast twirl. But those are the new rule changes. I think it's gonna be really interesting how you know the players get used to it, coaches get used to it. I think there's going to be a, a transition, wink wink for the players and the coaches in the new season but i'm overall happy with them besides the bench conduct but we gotta move on we gotta move on next elena deladon and the mystics had their media day and she had some words that made mystics fans and really WNBA fans really happy about her status let's take a listen it was my first off season in a really long time where I wasn't rehabbing and I was actually able to train. Um, I'm by far the strongest I've ever been, even weight wise, what I'm lifting in the weight room. I didn't even think that would happen. So uh, it's been a great off season. She went on to say that she doesn't plan to miss any games. And I, I'm for one excited to see EDD at a hundred percent as a basketball fan. I know Mystics fans are even more over the moon, but just to see her healthy, I know it's just media day. I know it's just preseason, but it, it makes me happy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big EDD fan. Mm-hmm. I've been a big EDD fan, honestly, since she transferred and went to Delaware. Um, and then once she entered the league, like I really watched her game and love her game as a player as an athlete there is no better feeling than to know you are healthy right just obviously there's stuff happens right mm-hmm. and it's stuff that you, you you can't control injuries happen things like that but in her case elena's been in and out in and out yeah. in and out 
pretty much her entire WNBA career. Mm-hmm. So to hear her do that interview and you can see just how, like how happy she is. And she even looks healthy in, in the video. Um, I'm excited for her. I'm happy for her. And like the mystics are a good squad with, without her. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of scary to think about how good they can be with a healthy EVD. No, oh, doubt. yes. Oh yeah. That's, what, that's all I keep thinking about as a team, as a, at a large, but Let's break it down. So for for maybe a new WNBA fan or someone who's kind of been in and out for these past couple of years, like this is a really big deal because we have to go back to 2019 where they were in the finals. They won the championship, the first one in their franchise history, but she still wasn't 100 percent thin. She was playing through a herniated disc in her back. But still one finals MVP or no, Emma Meeseman won finals MVP, but that was her MVP season and they won the championship. But then 2020 comes, she sits out the whole season. She gets surgery. She sits out. Then in 2021, she still felt some nerve pain. She didn't start the season. She only played three games that season. 2022, she took a lot of steps, you know, the whole team took a lot of steps for her to make it through the season, but it was a lot of rest and she only paid 25 total games. So for her to come in this season and say, I feel healthy. I'm going to start the season, you know, with my team. That's huge. That is a really, really big deal. And I think they've built pieces around her oh, for that sure. when you plug in a healthy EDD, like you said, Cheryl, this team makes sense. Yeah. Listen, not just healthy. She's rested. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She didn't play overseas. She didn't like she hasn't been playing basketball. So, yeah, she focused on, first of all, just getting her body right, getting healthy. And and you heard her say just lifting more weights and more than even she thought she could like. Like, that's such a great feeling to go into the season knowing that. And I like you said, as a fan. I'm excited to watch her play this season, but when you talk about the Mystics, we're talking about EDD. They got some pieces on that team. I am so excited about this season because I know there's just a couple teams we've talked about, mm-hmm. but don't sleep on the Washington Mystics. Don't sleep. And we've already talked about Natasha Cloud, but this is what she had to say at Media Day about her team. We are the best defensive team in this league. And that's coming from last year, but we actually just got better on defense by adding and implementing the players that we did this year. So we are the best defensive team. We were the worst offensive, like, trend. We were, we, our offense wasn't great last year, y'all. That's just being honest. So now you implement all those pieces. You add Christy back in, you add Slim back in, you add Ariel Atkins, who can all run the one, right? When we get stops on defense, now that makes us a better transition offensive team, which is who we want to be. In 2019, we won a championship by being a transition offense team. We barely ran any plays, barely, because we were good enough to get stops, to push the ball and pace. And when we have space and pace, we're a really scary team. So all these pieces that we're adding in, the mindset that we want to run in pace, those are all, right? How do we get better as a team? How do we take that next step to be a championship team? So we're going to play one end of the floor, and then we're going to push the ball, and we're going to score on the other end of the floor. That's going to win this game. Woo! She said it. 
Take he said, notice. We are the best <laughs> defensive team in the league. And I, we've talked a lot. You know, everyone has talked about the Aces being a super team. We've talked about the Liberty. We're going to talk about them a little later in the show. But Washington's just kind of lurking in the distance. And defense wins game. Cheryl swoops, as you know. <laughs> no. Defense wins championships. Thank you. Gavel drop. That part. <laughs> Listen. Um, oh, she said a lot. And I see, I hear no lies in what she mm-hmm. said. Same. When I look, okay, so we've talked about the aces and, and we've talked about just in general, the Liberty, like everybody's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, these two teams are going to go for go another championship, right? Or they'll be playing for a championship. But when I see those teams, I'm like, dang, they can score, right? Like they have players that can score. Yep. When I, when I look at the Mystics, they have players that can score. And especially if EDD is healthy. They got players that will lock you up. I I love, listen, I, I'm just going to name these four. Yeah. Ariel Atkins. L- love her game. Love her mindset. Love everything about the kid. And is a defender. Natasha Cloud, who we just heard. That's what Ta- Tosh, Tosh loves getting in your grill. Loves talking trash. Go fund me. I got you. Um, <laughs> that's who she is. Mm-hmm. And then they added, they, I think they call her slim Brittany mm-hmm. Sykes. Yep. Who's long, lean, athletic. She can score, but defensively she gets out in the passing lanes, will pressure you. Love her. Shakira Austin. Yes. I'm so who happy I you thought, said her name. Who I thought had a great season last year, right? Learning the system. Like, where do I fit? What do I do? had an incredible year playing overseas. You throw Shakira Austin in there on the defensive end. I mean, at every position, one, two, three, four, and five position, they're going to guard you. And it's not just us saying this because, you know, we like defense and it's fun, but the receipts and the facts are Natasha Cloud and Ariel Atkins made all defensive first team last season. Yeah. And then you have Brittany Sykes who made second team. Now they are all on one team. And then you have Shakira Austin who, like you said, trying to figure it out. She was a rookie. I think she was really close in the race of rookie of the year because no of doubt. the impact she had on the Mystics. She's no going to come in her sophomore year way more comfortable. And especially as a big on the defensive end, she puts fear into other players' eyes when they're driving the ball. She is a shot blocker. And just having that, when you're a guard pressuring the ball, having that person behind you, you yes. know that you're going to be able, you can pressure up a little bit more. Yes. You know, worst came, worst come to worst. Shakira Austin got my back back there. Yep. And, and that's, a, that's the best feeling when you're a guard on the perimeter. It's like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to pressure you. I'm going to get in your grill, not going to give you any space because I know if I get beat, Shakira Austin, somebody is in that paint, Maisha Hines Allen, somebody Mm -hmm. is in that paint that's going to have my back. Yeah. I'm excited. Can't wait. Me too. They're trying to figure out their roster still. You know, they waived Avina Westbrook. There, There was no deadline to waive her, you know, this weekend, but 
now potentially she can get picked up by another team. I think that she, you know, last year she was on Minnesota. She kind of finished the year out on the Mystics. I still think she has a fit in this league, but this team, especially yeah. we just talked about it in the guard position, yeah. the point guard position at that is so stacked. So just her, you know, she's still young. I yeah. think she's going to be able to find her way, but this roster is stacked to the brim. Yeah. Um, you know, you hate to see any player get cut, right? But Avina Westbrook's one of those players. I got a chance to watch her play in AU this, this season. Mm-hmm. And I thought she played really well. Some games were better than others. I think where she was lacking is just in the confidence, like questioning, am I good enough? Right. Do I belong? And I had several conversations with her where I said to her, like, go play. Cause you do mm-hmm. belong and you're good enough. But to your point, the mystics, clearly weren't that team for her. So let let me, let me just preach for one second, maybe two. Here's the part that frustrates me when, when I think about training camp, coaches will invite you to training camp. And for a lot of players, they're just like, yep, I'll go. Even though you know that your chances of making that roster are slim to none. Mm-hmm. But you go just to say, well, I got invited, so I, so I went. But now if you're there three, four, five days, it doesn't matter. Now you've wasted three days at somebody else's training camp that you knew you probably weren't going to make that team versus going somewhere that you may have had a better shot at making that team. And so the other side of that is even with a coach, If you know there's a player that does not stand a chance of making your roster, don't invite, don't bring them to your training camp. Mm, Yeah. Like care about that person enough to say, I do think you're good enough to play in the league and make a team. It's just not my team because of my roster. So to your point, I think Avina Westbrook is one of those players that absolutely belongs in the league. I can't tell you off the top of my head what team that is, but I do think there are some teams in the league that could use an Avina Westbrook. And and so I hope she's able to, to land a spot in the W this season. It's always tough. And we're, we're at that time as training camp is dwindling down where we're going to get some bad tweets in the next couple days as players who definitely should be on a roster are unfortunately not, but you know, moving on to some of the preseason games that we've had been able to see, those are great opportunities to see what these players have. And, and you're able to kind of say, okay, the lights are on. What can you do for me? What can you add to this? Because it's not for the superstars. It's not for the players that are, you know, already signed and or they were brought in free agency, maybe to get gel and get everybody connected but it really is for those rookies and those new players to kind of land a spot. So there's been two preseason games so far. And right now there's one underway, um, Chicago and Indiana, or no, it just finished Chicago beat the fever 81 to 56. So, so that happened. Ooh. Oh, that's 81 little, to 56. A little pre, preseason stinger. But um, before. But, but you know what? 
<laughs> Chicago probably also was like, okay, we just got beat by Dallas. Yeah, so we need to bounce back. They bounced back. They bounced back because yeah. that, like you mentioned, Dallas beat Chicago 75-70. to 70. And um, some standout players for Dallas was Tierra McCowan, 17 points, eight rebounds. I think she's picking up right where she left off last season. Um, Crystal Dangerfield, she didn't start, but she had 20 minutes and nine points at a really pivotal time. And then Natasha Howard, she was really trying to figure out how she fits in with this new team. 11 points, eight rebounds in 20 minutes. But what you want to talk about was Veronica Burton. She got the start. <laughs> For Dallas, and you were all smiles knowing that. Well, I, I watched Veronica play last year with Dallas, and what I loved about her was it didn't matter when she went in the game, how many minutes she played, you always knew what you were going to get from her. And so I'm hoping that's what Coach Trammell sees that, like, and, and she's good. Veronica Burton belongs in the WNBA. And so I got a chance again to watch her play with AU and I just love how hard the kid plays on offense, yeah. defense, though. Like, she accepts any and every challenge that you put in front of her. So when I saw that she got the start, and who knows who the starting PG will be, I don't really think it matters. But I will say I think she absolutely deserves a look. And I think she's a player that could could really make a difference for this Dallas team. I think so, too. I, I think this was a good win as they have – have pieces kind of all over the place that they're trying to fit in and slot in and, and see who's going to get minutes. Um, I did want to mention though, because I didn't know this Lou Lopez, who was their first round draft pick. She had a DMP, but she is still sidelined with an injury. She actually came into training camp, still recovering from a knee injury. There aren't many public, you know, notes or news around it, but she didn't play because she's still injured. So really tough spot to be in, as we were just talking yeah. about. Being a rookie, you you are not having this opportunity to kind of show what you can do. So hopefully everything and the shooter that she is, the great player, why they drafted her is enough to keep her on this team. Um, but Chicago... Yeah, because, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Me, well, I just want to add this because that's what's hard. Like, yeah. as a coach and a GM, you know... There's a reason why you drafted her, right? You know her game. You know what she's capable of doing. And the fact that she's injured, if, knock on wood, hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, if it comes down to it when it's time to make the final cut in your final roster, if she's still injured, what do you do? What do you do? You do, just do hope you that she gets better? I know. It's tough. Especially it's tough. when they're, when there's spots. I, hey. That is above my pay grade, and I am happy. <laughs> That's why we're doing it. this, and we're not doing that. <laughs> exactly. We don't have to make those decisions. And we do not have to make those decisions. But Chicago, what, what I was going to go on to say, I just kind of wanted to look at their starting five, and it was the same starting five against the Fever. You have Izzy Harrison, Elizabeth Williams, Courtney Williams, Kalia Copper, and Dana Evans. When you see that or hear that starting five, what what are you thinking because clear I mean well it didn't work against Dallas but it definitely worked against the fever <laughs> here's here so two thoughts my first thought mm -hmm. is damn it's a very different team than they've had before no Quigley no suit no Candace no I don't know I know very different but my second thought 
maybe it's three. My second thought is Dana Evans has been waiting for her opportunity. This is your opportunity. I think Dana Evans is another one of those players that she's played here and there, hasn't gotten a lot of minutes, but is a really talented point guard. I loved watching her at Louisville. And mm-hmm. I think I think she will surprise a lot of people in the league if she's given the opportunity. And, you know, sometimes you have to just sit back and wait. And, and you don't have to do anything but wait and be patient and stuff plays out the way it's supposed to. So this is her opportunity. I'm mm-hmm. excited for Izzy. I think Chicago's a great fit for her. I think when... You mentioned the starting five, and I'm like, don't sleep on Chicago. I know they're different. They don't have, you know, Sloot and Quigley and Candace, but um, Izzy and Ka, mm-hmm. Courtney, Courtney, Williams, Courtney's a competitor. Elizabeth Williams, they, like, listen, athleticism. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm excited. So good. <laughs> Every team is so good. And I, I'm looking at the fever starting five. They caught in it. She didn't play. She must've rested, but they moved Rebecca Gardner into that starting spot. Who mm-hmm. is forgot about her. Incredible. She dropped yeah. 13 points on yeah. the, on the fever, had a great, wonderful season last year. Great time. Um, you know, overseas, She is a player who has a very incredible story of just kind of waiting her turn. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. it is her time to shine. And I think as they're trying to figure out all of these pieces with Chicago, she is an anchor that they need. And even if it's a starter or coming off the bench, she brings it on the defensive end. She brings it with the energy. She scores timely buckets. She's a slasher. She's just not never stopping moving. She's everywhere. Yeah. Rebecca Gardner is so yeah, she Rebecca's like a that. good fit for them too I, yeah. I want to mention one thing before we move on and because uh-huh. we were talking about um preseason games and players getting cut and I know on social media it's everywhere because people are like oh my goodness all these good players are getting cut we need more teams no doubt I'll be the first to say hence that's why I'm wearing my comments cap <laughs> bring them back bring them back um yeah <laughs> I will be the first to say we absolutely need more teams. And so when you talked about preseason and you were saying it's not, you know, for your superstars, because typically it's not, it's mm-hmm. for your, your rookies. It's for players you brought in to, to training camp because you're trying to see them play. I will say the game that will be played in Toronto between Minnesota and Chicago, that needs to be a game game. Why they have sold 22,000 tickets. 22,000. Crazy, right? Yeah. It can't just be about the rookies. Like, you need to put the product on display. You have to show the Canadians, the people in Toronto, here is why y'all need a WNBA team. Mm hmm. And, and it and seems like they're wanting it if you have yeah. 22,000. You got to make that happen. Sold. I, hey. It's on May 13th. If you don't, if you live in Toronto and you're listening, go because this is this. Just they shows... can't get any tickets. It's sold, oh, out. sold out. I don't know that. I'm just saying that 22,000 is a lot. Is, I mean, it is a lot. And it's yeah. the first ever preseason game in Canada. Only the third 
WNBA preseason game played outside the United States. And I think it's a point of like, yeah, we're global, baby. Like we're yeah. around the world. And we know that Toronto is a huge basketball city. Oh, for sure. For so this sure. was perfectly strategically planned that I, I love. And I couldn't agree more. Put the stars on the floor. You Give them what to. they want. And both of these teams have a lot of stars. Can we talk about the Lynx really quick? Who had that comeback win over the Mystics? And uh, hello, Diamond Miller. Yes. Welcome to the big league. Yes. 19 yes. points and a little fadeaway jumper. If you have not seen that on Twitter, what are oh, you doing? It was nice, too. It, it was, was nice, so too. Nice. Yeah. Cheryl Reeve is going to make sure her team is ready. I don't oh, care who she has yeah. on her roster. So, heck yeah. and by the way, the game is not sold out. So if you are in Toronto, heck, if you're anywhere in Canada, just get to Toronto. Drive. You will not be any, disappointed. Any, any way that you got to get there. I don't know if it's snowing in Canada, but <laughs> get on a, just, Did you just say ski. I just say ski. <laughs> Drive, ski, fly, whatever. Just get there. Just get there. Um, yeah, the, the links will be ready. Diamond Miller is much watched, must watch yes. TV. Um, Dorka Yuhas, hello, double double, 11 points, 10 rebounds in that first game. Nafisa Collier is like, yes, thank you. Some help. I love it here. <laughs> I didn't see it. How, how did Brie Beal do? So she pl played the second half. And this is also just from what Twitter is saying. Okay. okay. She brought the defense. She brought the defense and they had to come back and win. And once they put her in, there was a tide shifted on the defensive end and she ended up finishing out the game. Um, she didn't score, but her presence on the defensive end. She's a defender. Really, she's a defender. And it's like, what a beautiful thing to be known for. I always think about that clip of when, LeBron was in the finals and Kawhi Leonard was in San Antonio and LeBron saw that Kawhi was getting checked back in and he shook his head. He was like, dang it. Somebody hard <laughs> to guard me. You know what I mean? Like that's what Brie yes. Beal has. You yes. No, if you are the mystics and you're like, okay, we're coming back. Oh, dang. You checked in Brie Beal. Oh man. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to be able to shoot. You know what I mean? And like, that is wears, she wears that with pride. With pride. She's I like, know that they who, were. Who do you need me to shut down? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I know they were saying that about you. They're like, dang, you put swoops on me. I was really I wanted planning. them to say it about me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you just scored eight in a row. Okay, you're about to go over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, make sure you get to that Canada game. That was. That was the first half of the show. I feel like that was a marathon, but we got through that. We'll we'll be right back. We still have so much to talk about. <laughs> we will finally go deep dive into the New York Liberty. We'll be right back. All right. So this is episode four of Queens of the Court. And we've realized that we haven't talked about the New York Liberty yet. <laughs> Four Crazy. episodes in, and we haven't talked about this quote-unquote super team that had me sweating in the free agency. It was rumors. It was drama. It was 
coded tweets. It kind of had everything for this like soap opera finish of all of these superstars on one team. Um, just gut reaction when, you know, Stewie said she was going, John Quill Jones said she was going, and Courtney Vandersloot was really that thing that sent it over the edge for me. <laughs> <laughs> what was your gut reaction when all of those players were like, yeah, we are the Avengers. We're teaming up. I think, I think when, honestly, when John Quell <clears throat> first said she was going, I was like, okay, that's different for her. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was, I am, I was like, immediately she makes them better just by herself. And then, you know, Stewie had her whole crazy emojis and all of that. And I was like, okay, I give up. I'll wait until she actually says, this is where I'm going. I'm not trying to figure it out anymore. <laughs> uh, probably like everybody else out there. Yes. But then Stewie, I almost say committed, like they're in college. Stewie made her announcement. And I then said, okay, Sloot's next. Really? Because Sloot hadn't announced where she was going, right? Oh, when wow. Stewie, when Stewie announced, I said, okay, Sloot's next. And then when it became official, I was like, oh, this is about to be real good. This is real be good. so good. Well, in the incredible story <clears throat> Howard Megdahl had in Sports Illustrated, it was titled, A Super Team Perfect on Paper, But Will It Work? He talked about how this was a group text. Like this was a group text between Stewie, JJ, and Courtney Vandersloot and how they have been building this secretly in the works for quite some time because they wanted to play together. Ooh. Now, we know that some super teams do work. Some super teams, specifically that play at Barclays, have not worked. <laughs> Wow. not worked ouch you know and this but if it does work the upside is you know they win a championship this would be the first pro basketball title in new york since the knicks in 1973 like new york i think would just shut down they would be so happy to win something yeah that's all it says yeah they will be yeah happy. They would be happy. <laughs> Listen, um, we we just talked about the three of the newbies, right? Jonquil, Stewie, and Sloop. Haven't even talked about returning players yeah. and all that because they have some talent. Mm -hmm. um, it's got to be, people have to buy in. That's all I'll say, right? Because people looked at the comments and we didn't have the term super teams back then, but also it was very different the way the comments came to be. We know that because we mm -hmm. talked about that in episode two, Boom. Um, <laughs> but everybody, I don't care who it is from the, the first player off the bench to the last, everybody's got to buy in for this to work. Not saying they won't, but if it's going to work, everybody has to buy in and some players may have to accept a lesser role than they're used to. Right. So it's going to be real interesting to me to see how it all comes together. Mm -hmm. Because I'll say, Benijah Laney, over the years, 
has gotten really, really, really good. Really I, good. I, I love watching her play. I love how hard she plays. I love how hard she competes. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? Is she going to be the same Benajah Laney that she's been the last three years? Or does adding these three players... More so too, because Sloop Sloop is just gonna do what Sloop does and get the right. ball. She, she's gonna be getting it, every. Right? She's gonna yeah. make everybody else better with mm. her passes. I think that's what made it so scary of an addition for her, because everybody's great creating them themselves. Yeah. But you bring in a point guard like Sloop, she elevates everybody else's game just by the looks that she's gonna be able to give everyone. And I, I'll tell you, the player that I think. If it's, you know, if it all comes together well, that I think this will benefit the most will be Sabrina. And the reason why I say that is because, I mean, she's just going to have to be at the right place at the right time because Sloot's going to find her, you know? Mm -hmm. I got Sloot at the one, Sabrina at the two, Benajah at the three, Jonquil and Stewie at the four or five. That is a scary lineup. I just, I can't help but laugh. Like, that is ridiculous. But you know who else, though, that I really watched her play last year? And I was like, damn, that kid's good. And I think she's coming back. And I don't want to, Johan, Marine, Johannes? Uh Johannes, yeah. Is she coming back? Yes. To the Liberty, I believe? Yeah. Listen, I mean, she could start. I I just sat and I watched a couple of games she played in. I was like, oh my goodness. Like a, she's she's amazing. Amazing. And such a like momentum shifter. Yes. Or like she did that one pass behind the back, over the shoulder, however you want to describe it. And that deflated the rest of the game. What what was that against Chicago, I believe? Like she has that ability to be like, oh, I'm oh, so no good, no <laughs> I'm so no good no that doubt. I'm going to deflate your inner the other team's energy for the entire season. And I look when you just said that starting five, I I've seen it on on artwork, I've seen it photoshopped, but just hearing it again, I'm like, this is terrifying. It's crazy. But the thing that we have to talk about is that they're not 100% healthy mm. right now. John Quill Jones is dealing with a stress reaction in her foot. Vandersloot is in concussion protocol. Because, yes, on paper, if that starting five plays every single game, frightening. But if yeah. they're not healthy, if things are, you know, not flowing correctly, I, I think – And this is what I wanted to ask you. The whole concept around, you know, it's not enough basketballs. Like if you are John Quill Jones, you were the MVP a couple of seasons ago, getting whatever you wanted in Connecticut, whatever shot you wanted. You are Brianna Stewart. You were a champion and an MVP, you know, three years ago. Like this is going to take some adjustment period of, when do I need to know it's time to get a bucket myself? And when do I pass it on to my other MVP caliber teammate to get a bucket? And as a player and somebody who has played on a team with a lot of talent, does that come easily? Does that, is that what this preseason and training camp is for? Like, how do you figure that out? You know, it's crazy. 
And and I've heard, well, Coach Chancellor used to say this a lot, and I, I've heard a few coaches say it, and it's really true. He would always say the the ball is going to find who it's supposed to find, right? And I remember back then I was like, nah, because I ain't touched it the last five trips. So when is the ball going to find me? <laughs> Right, You're like no, it's not fighting me. <laughs> like, that wrong. No, no, no. But you know what's crazy? It's so true though, because I remember like playing me, Coop, Tina, um, Jeanette, like, like we had some ballers on our team. Mm -hmm. But you know what the most important thing was at the end of the day? Like it was about winning, which meant if Coop was feeling it and there was nobody that could stop her. Well, then you should attack every time you get the basketball. And mm -hmm. the good thing about that was she attacked, she could score, she could get to the hole, but Coop also was a great distributor of the rock. So it just, it just worked. You know, mm -hmm. Tina got hers. I got mine. Coaches running a good set for those players, putting them in positions where they can be successful. And for us, we had one main play, play C. Everybody all over the world knew what we were going to run, but nobody could stop it. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's not about the play you call. It's about the personnel that you have to run it, right? Because mm -hmm. other other teams could try to run C, but if you don't have a Coop, a Swoops, a Thompson, a Janeth Arcane, and then a point guard that understands where she's supposed to be, it's not going to work. So right. I do think with this squad, because it's new, to your point, it's new. It, it will take some time for them just to get to know each other. Like, mm -hmm. where does Jonquil like the ball? Where does Stewie like the ball? And especially for, for Sloot as a point guard, because we know what she can do. She's shown us for I don't know however many years she's been in the league. <laughs> right. But it's, a, but it's a different team now. It's a different system. So it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. But yeah. if yeah. they can get it to work, scary it's gonna be masterful yeah, scary two two things a reaction of what you said one you know head coach sandy brondello she has had experience with phoenix and superstars and make you know getting it to work the Brittany griner diana tarasi skylar diggins like all of that trying to mesh it and get it work she has practice with that i think if it was a brand new coach this was their first head coach position i would be a little more nervous but I think Brondello brings a little more um, experience to that. And then my other thought was how Sabrina Inescu benefits the most is because they will be winning if this works out. 2020, they were 2-20. and 20. That was their record, 2-20. Then 2021, they were 12-20. and 20. Then got a little better, 2022, 16-20. So if you're telling me they just have a winning record, Sabrina's like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. And she doesn't have to work so hard or Benajah Laney doesn't have to work so hard because you have all this help around you. But I think once those wins, if all of this works on paper, everybody's healthy, they figure that out. Once those wins start racking up, then especially the returners are like, all right, this is good. This is. This is working for me. About time. About time. <laughs> yeah. About so it, time. It's going to be, um, I'm just ready for the season to start. I know. Right? Like preseason Okay. I'm like, preseason is great. Okay. But I'm ready for the real thing. Let's yeah. go.
we do this every time. I just get so excited. But yeah, circle those Liberty games on your calendar because I, I think it's going to be fun to just see how the season starts and then how they end. You know, if, it, if they are in the playoffs, if they are in the finals, I think it's going to be a very different team from start of the season to the end of the season as they get more comfortable. But, woo, we're smiling. We're excited. The countdown is on. We're going to take a quick break, collect ourselves and our excitement, and then we'll be back with Tweet of the Week. Okay, well, before we wrap this up, it's time for the tweet of the week. And it is the cutie that is Leah Boston on her graduation day. It is so adorable. And we have some sound to go with it, too. It was great. Um, it was good to be back in South Carolina, see my coaches, and walk across that stage where my name was called. And how excited are you for your first preseason game? I am very pumped. I am very <laughs> pumped. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you don't have to say a lot. I am very pumped. So but she cute. had a big smile on her face. Like, I'm ready. Adorable. Can we, can we just, just have an appreciation moment for a second? I, I know we've talked a lot about Aaliyah Boston and, you know, the basketball player and everything she meant to South Carolina, what she did on the court, and rightfully so, because she is a hell of a player. But I loved how Dawn tweeted, all having all of her coaches there, and Dawn tweeted, like, just thank you. Like, thank you for everything you've meant to this program, not just on the basketball court. And for her in the middle or the beginning or middle of training camp, to say, I gotta, I gotta go. I need to go graduate. Let me go walk mm -hmm. across the stage. I'm not gonna miss the game, but let me go walk across the stage. Um, just, just appreciate who she is as a person, and she represents what every little black girl out there dreams of someday being. And that's a college graduate, but a phenomenal person and an amazing basketball player. I love that was perfectly said, perfectly said, because walking across the stage was an emphasis for her. She wanted to do it she, after practice on Friday. She took a flight to South Carolina on Friday night and then graduated, walked across the stage, then took a flight to Chicago on Saturday night to be there you know, being able to play her preseason game still trying to balance like, yes, this college graduation is very important, but also being a number one draft pick <laughs> and debuting in my first preseason game is also yeah. important. Yeah. She did both. She did both. And I, I think, you know, the WNBA being in the summer is always tough for those seniors graduating and, and trying to do both. But Aaliyah Boston is a class act. I'm oh, so yeah. glad you gave, gave every her, sense of the word. Every sense of the word. I'm so glad you gave her um her flowers. But that was a tweet of the week. Little feel good moment. Her her royal blue braids with her cap and gown. We love. I always got a comment on the hair. <laughs> well, and so I'm curious to see, are we going yellow? What's the favorite? Yellow and red? Ooh, yeah, like a maroon, like a mix. Let's oh, take yeah. our bets now. Take our bets now. What color braids will Leah Boston have for opening week? Ooh, I 
I think she'll do yellow. I think she'll do straight yellow. I do too. I don't even okay. think she'll mix it. It's Just all be yellow. Big yellow standout, beautiful long braids. Yep. Yes. Okay. I can't wait to come back and see if we were right. Um, nobody take bets on this, but I'm feeling pretty confident. <laughs> confident. All right. You're not even putting no money on it. No, but no money on it, but I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This is always so much fun, Cheryl. I this is the my favorite part of the week. It's really the best. It's you know what? It's just a great fun space to be in to talk about what we both love basketball. Yeah. And doing it and doing it with somebody that I love. I love oh, it, Jordan. Cheryl, don't uh, start. <laughs> We talked last time how I'm a crier. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Okay, don't cry. I love you too. I do. I love working with you. I love working with you too. And if you, listener, are loving Queens of the Court, you see that transition I did there? I did. I did. (laughs) If you're loving Queens of the Court, please follow, rate, and review the show available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if there's something you want to hear us discuss, let us know on social media. You can find me at airswoops22 and Jordan is at underscore Jordan Liggins. Queens of the Court is an Odyssey original created in partnership with the WNBA. The show is produced by Alex Ozzy. The executive producer is Lena Moss Glazer. Social media assistance from Isabella Apple. Imaging from T-Storm Battle. Court is adjourned. Boom! <laughs> so good every time. I'm like, that was good. Boom. Mm, boom, mm. boom, boom, boom. <laughs>